0: Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. You know, we're going through the Gospel of Matthew and The whole
1: reason why we're going through the Gospel of Matthew is to really understand Jesus. To understand what he taught, to understand what he's doing, and to understand what he wants to do in our lives, what he wants to accomplish in our lives. And and so we looked at, in the prior weeks, we looked at a couple of things that were pretty interesting that had significance for you and I. We looked at the ministry of John the Baptist, there's two types of seekers, so hopefully you're here and you're seeking after Jesus, but we looked at the fact that he was baptized and that he was tempted, and and the reality of that is that he's bringing himself down to our level. He's bringing himself down to our level because he's identifying with where we're at and our need for a Savior. Today, we're going to look at the reality of what that means, why he came. Because the gospel writer, Matthew, is going to tell us that he's going to begin his ministry, and there's certain things that you need to understand about that. And from the very beginning, he makes a call to you and I to follow him. But what does that mean? What does it mean to follow Jesus? And why should I follow him? What's so significant that I need to decide to follow him. Is is following him just a mental exercise, or is it something so much more than that? And what we're going to see is that really, to be honest with you, Jesus is probably the most important thing in your life. Well, he needs to be. It's not your family. It's not your kids, grandkids. It's not your spouse. It's not your job. Jesus, when you realize what he's doing and why he's come, is the most important thing, and he makes that call to you to follow him. What does that mean, George? Well, let's look at it together. Let's look at this passage together. We're going to look at verses 12 through 25 today in the Gospel of Matthew. Notice with me what the writer Matthew says. Now, when Jesus heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Nephitali, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Nephitali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region in the shadow of death, light has dawned from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called to them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. And Jesus went into all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria And they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and he healed them. Great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Decapolis, from Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. Folks, we're going to look at today at this, and we're going to see the reality of the light as dawn. When I talk about the light, it's talking about Jesus here. It's very, the implication of the text, it's talking about Jesus and about how the light has dawned in our lives. Now, here's what we're going to do when we look at this passage. We're going to really divide it into three sections. We're going to see, first of all, that there's a divine appointment. You have to understand that Jesus didn't just come by chance. He came in fulfillment of what God's plan was. And so we're going to see that. We're going to see that there's a divine appointment appointment we're going to see then that there's a call to follow there's going to be a call to follow him and then we're going to see what his ministry is because his ministry continues even to this day so let's look together let's first of all the divine appointment look with me verse 12 pretty significant now when jesus heard that john had been put in prison he departed to galilee here's what i want you to see the very first thing i want you to see is, is everything's not by chance here Jesus begins his ministry at the right moment. Jesus begins his ministry at the right moment. You say, wait a minute, where where are you getting that from? Well, look at what it says there, folks. He said, when he heard that John, John, who's John? John the Baptist. John the Baptist, who was the forerunner, who was to prepare the people for his coming. When he heard that John the Baptist was put in prison, Now, what's significant about him being put in prison? That's the end of his ministry. That's the end of John's ministry. Now it's time for Jesus to take over. Because we know, we're going to learn later, that he's not getting out of prison anymore. He's going to stay in prison. He's not just going to stay in prison, but he's going to die in prison as they come and cut off his head. And so at the right moment, when John's ministry, that is preparing for Jesus to come, is done, Jesus begins his ministry. So you need to understand when you think about Jesus and everything that happens to him, it's not some sad event that happened in history where some guy ends up going to the cross and a bunch of people follow him. It's not something that just happens by chance. God is a precise God who works within his sovereign will. And when Jesus begins his ministry, it's for a purpose. He begins it at a right moment. Here's the second thing I want you to see here. He serves in fulfillment of God's plan. He serves in fulfillment of God's plan. Jesus' ministry from the very beginning, are you listening to me, folks? For his life, actually, from the very beginning, for his birth all the way to his death and his ascension, all of that was foretold to us according to God's plan in the Scriptures, what we call the Old Testament. And he's fulfilling a purpose. In fact, look at what the writer says here. Verse 13, and leaving Nazareth, he came to dwell in Capernaum, which is by the sea in the regions of Zebulun and Nephitali, that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah. He begins his ministry just as the scripture says. He's going to go into the northern regions there, what is known as Samaria, in the area where the tribal groups of Zebulun and Nephitali were, by the Sea of Galilee, the Galilee of the Gentiles. He's beginning it in accordance with God's plan. So you don't need to wonder about what Jesus is doing here. Jesus is doing everything in accordance with God's plan. Why is that significant for you? Because, listen, folks, when you think about where you're at in your life with the stuff in your life, the sin in your life and the difficulties and the struggles that we face, God had a plan from the very beginning to deal with our stuff. Isn't that awesome? God had a plan from the very beginning to deal with our stuff, to deal with our sin, to deal with our salvation. God had a plan from the very beginning. So I want you to notice, he serves in fulfillment of God's plan. So what's his plan here? Look at what verse 15, look at the prophecy, look at what it says here, what the prophecy was, verse 15 and 16. The land of Zebulun and the land of Nephitality. By the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles. Now here's what it is. People who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, Light has dawned. What's he talking about here? Well, here's what Jesus' purpose is. And this is what you and I need to grasp. He brings light to our darkness. He brings light to our darkness. Okay, I want you to stop for a moment. I want you to think for a moment of what your life was like before you gave your life to Jesus. I want you to think for a moment of the time when you didn't know Jesus. You didn't give your life to Jesus. You were doing your own thing. You say, well, George, that was when I was five years old. Okay, so think, think about when you were five years old without Jesus for a moment, okay? But for some of you, it's very real. Like For me, I got saved at 19. I know what it was like to be without Jesus before 19. Some of you very much are aware of that. I want you to think about that. The reality was, is now you're in light, but I want you to think about when you didn't have Jesus, the darkness of that. That, the Bible describes as your darkness. No hope, no way out, no removal of shame, no removal of guilt, no forgiveness of sins. Think about that. That, that. that was our darkness. Did you understand what I'm saying? No comprehension of who God is, the true God is. And what Jesus does is he comes in the midst of our desperateness, in the midst of our condemnation. He brings light. We've seen this great light. See, and, and salvation comes because you respond to the light, right? You respond and you accept the light and it brings light into your darkness. How many of you realize that when you got saved, you now understand better than you did before you got saved? It's like your mind opened up. You got a new mind. You got a new way of understanding things. And have you ever talked to somebody who doesn't know Jesus and they don't have a clue what you're talking about or even don't even understand? It's like, what planet are you from? They're like, are you from another planet? And in a way you are. Because they dwell in darkness, and you are dwelling in light. It's Jesus who brings the light. Do you understand? That's his purpose. According to God's divine appointment, he came at the right time to fulfill God's plan to do what? To bring light into your darkness. To bring light into your darkness. Here's one other thing I want you to see here about this issue of the divine appointment. It's his message. Look with me at verse 17. And this is what he's calling for us. Do you, you really want to understand what Jesus wants from you? you how many of you have ever wanted it? Have you ever really wanted to know what Je, what does Jesus want from you? What does Jesus, Jesus you know, There's so many mixed messages in Christianity today. Jesus wants me to be a good dad. Jesus wants me to be a good husband. Jesus wants you to be a good wife. Or Jesus wants you to be a good mother. Or good grandparents. Or Jesus wants you to be a good worker. You know How many messages have we heard like that? Have we heard a lot of those messages? Here's what I want you to see. This is the message of Christ. This is what he wants from us. Look at what he says there, verse 17. And from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It's that simple. Pretty simple message, isn't it? Here's what I want you to see. Here's the message. His message is to turn from sin and change. His message is to turn from sin. He he says repent. Let me just stop for a moment so everybody understand. When we say repent, we're not saying confess. See, confession is I remember getting caught doing something wrong, and and, and I feel bad because I got caught by mama, by my mom, and 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 I'm sorry. I didn't mean to eat the whole thing of Oreos. Do, Do you know what I'm saying? All right. Now the next and so that's that's confession. I got I did what you saw me do. Now the problem is mom would go buy more Oreos. Now do you think I would do that again? Well, if I'm just confessing, yeah, the chances are pretty good. Did you understand? And so a lot of us we're good at confessing, right? We're good at confessing. We're we're constantly going to him, "Oh God, you know it's the same old thing." Jesus' message is not one of confession. He's not saying for you to admit. He's saying for you to repent. What's repent? Repentance is taking confession and going one step further. It's changing. It's turning from it. He's saying to you, confess and change. Confess and return from your sin. See, Jesus wants you to change. Why? Why, folks? Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You understand that, right? You know he's coming back. He wants you to change. Here's the thing. So many of us, I'll just be honest. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm not talking down to you. I'm with you. I'm talking as one of you. The concept is is I just need to tell him I'm sorry. If I confess my sin, he's faithful to just to forgive me my sin and to cleanse me from all my unrighteousness. I know 1 John 1, 1.9. But Jesus is saying, I want you to change. And I'll help you Change. That's the wonderful thing. We, we understand that the change he calls for, he's the one who accomplishes it in your life, right? He's the one who does it. But you've got to make that effort. You've got to step forward and say, okay, I've got to change. See, this is the divine appointment. He came, listen, to bring light to our darkness. And his message is change. Turn from your sin. Turn from your sin and change. So, I'll be honest with you. For you and I, the problem is is that we don't like to turn. We don't want to turn. That's the problem I got. That's the problem you got. He's wanting us to change. He's wanting us to change. We like it. Hey, have you noticed that sin's not terrible? I mean, there are terrible sins, but sin's enjoyable. But he's calling us to change. So, okay, what happens then? Well, we see that his ministry's beginning. He's got this message. Look with verse 18 to 22. We're going to see Jesus interacting with his first disciples. He interacts with two sets of brothers. We, we know the first set, Simon called Peter, Simon, Peter, and Andrew. And then the second set, James and John, sons of Zebedee. Now, both sets of brothers have something in common, and that's the fact that they're fishermen. Okay, so let me just set this up for you here. So did you understand where they're at here. When, when we're talking about fishing... About them being fishermen, I'm not talking about a hobby. Did you understand? Like when we ride along, have you, have you ever noticed that ever since April, you've been riding along the river and you see the same guy out in the, or looks like the same guy out in the river fishing? I'm not talking about that. If I could liken to you to understand what we're talking about them being fishermen, think about your job. Think about that's their job. So for them it might be that they worked over here at this factory or they work over here at this business or they do this or that or whatever. It's their job. It's what they make their livelihood from. It's what puts food on the table. It's what pays the mortgage. It's what pays the bills. We're not talking about their hobby here. And so he comes to two groups of brothers who are in the midst of their livelihood and notice something, he gives them a call To follow him. And so let's two things I want you to see here. We know that he's coming to bring light to our darkness. He's got this message that's calling us to change and turn from our sin. But he wants something from us. He wants something from these brothers. Two things I want you to see here. Number one, his call is one of commitment and change. Look at what he says there. Look with me. Verse 19. Then he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. What's going on there, George? Well, follow me. What, what, what's this thing about following him? Well, he's not talking about, hey, I'm heading in this direction, hop in line or behind me, go where I'm going. No, no. It's go where he goes, but it's talking about making a commitment. It's talking about making a commitment to do what he's doing, to devote their lives to him. And, folks, they did. They devoted the next three years. From this point on, they devoted the next three years of their life to him. And he says, now if you follow me, if you devote yourself to me, I'm going to make you fishers of men. What's that? He's going to change them. They're going to no longer be fishers of men because that's what they're used to. They're being fishermen. He's going to make them now people who reach out and touch the lives of other people. He's going to change them. So this is what I want you to see about the call to follow. His call is one of commitment and change. Here's the second thing I want you to see. This is where we're going to spend some time here. They were willing to leave everything. Alright, now stop for a moment. I think we've lost this in the church today, in North American Christianity. Because how many of you is it costing you something to be here today? Oh, it cost you some gas. Cost you your time. But is it costing you something to be here today to, to be a follower of Jesus? Uh, it's going to probably at some point. But is it costing you anything today? No, you have to admit, no, it's not costing us anything, is it? It's not costing us anything. I mean, the reality is, is that it costs them something, okay? I want you to put yourself in their shoes for a moment, but think about your job, okay? Alright, you've got a job, you're trying to make ends meet, you're paying your mortgage with it, taking care of your family, putting food on the table. It's what you do for a livelihood. Now, here comes this guy. His name is Jesus. He's light in the midst of darkness. He's got this message. He's calling people to turn from their sin and change. And he comes up and he says, Hey, follow me. Devote yourself to me. And I will change you. You're not going to be fishermen anymore. I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to change you. Would you give up your job and follow him? Would you give up your paycheck? I mean, we've heard this story before, right? We've talked about it in in, in Sunday school about the the calling of Simon and Andrew and John and and James. And oh, yeah, that's that's a great Sunday school story, isn't it? But have you thought about it for a moment? Let's think about it for a moment. Would you give up your job? Oh, let's back up for a moment. We know that Peter was married. How do we know that? Because he had a mum-in-law. And she got sick and, and, and Jesus in one of the Gospels heals her. Would you give up your family to go follow some guy? Would you? Think about that for a moment. Would you, would you, would you, if you were, if, if you had Jesus come to you right now and say, follow me and I'll make you a fisher of men. Would you give it up? See, this is what the call to follow is. See, we've, 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 we've so watered it down so it's like an arbitrary thing. It's like, you know, following Him. Yeah, you know, if, it, if I ain't got nothing better to do, I'm here. I'll do what you want me to do, Jesus, to a point. Now, we don't say those kind of things, but isn't that what we're doing? Think about it for a moment. He's, He's the one who came according to God's divine appointment. He came at the right time. He's the light in the midst of our darkness. His message is, man, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You need to repent. You need to turn from your sin. You need to change. And he issues the call, follow me. Devote yourselves to me. Would you give it up? Hey, let me just stop for a moment. Just so you understand, the guy who's writing this gospel is a guy by the name of Matthew. Matthew's one of the apostles. Do you know about Matthew? Remember, he's also called Levi. The other gospels call him Levi. And do you know what Matthew was? Anybody remember what Matthew was? He's the guy you love in April, the tax collector. Well, being a tax collector says something about him. He's got lots of money. How you got paid being a tax collector is you added to the tax. Aren't you glad your tax collector doesn't do that? And they were allowed legally to do that, so you know why they were hated, okay? They didn't just have to pay the Romans. You're paying his salary. And he's living high on the hog. Jesus shows up and says, follow me. And guess what? He left the tax collector's booth and followed him. Do you understand the depth of the commitment? They're leaving everything. Everything! Would you? Would you leave everything? Everything? See, those. let me just tell for a This is not the kind of question you could just answer in a split moment, right? Now, some of you probably could, but it really causes you to think, doesn't it? It causes you to think. This is the, this is the light who's dawned in the midst of our darkness. This is what he's asking us to do. And they did it. In fact, later on, Peter says to him, Lord, we left everything. Folks, do you understand those are not just empty platitudes from Peter? He's literally meaning, Lord, we left everything to follow you. Folks, that's the kind of commitment we need, right? Were you telling me to give up my job, George, and I need to hang out here during the week? No, I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you to re-examine your commitment, though. I need to re-examine my commitment to the Jesus that I claim. Let's go on now. Let's, let's look at His ministry here. Let's look at, look, look at what His ministry is here. Because I think this is significant. You know, the call to follow, then what goes on in verses 23 is a description of His ministry. What is He doing here? Let's, let's just read this again together. Look with me. And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all kinds of sickness and all kinds of disease among the people. Then his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all sick people who were afflicted in various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics, paralytics, and healed them. And great multitudes followed him from Galilee, from Dicopolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and beyond the Jordan. What do I want you to see here? Two things. Jesus meets people's deepest needs. This is the reality of Jesus. He meets our deepest needs. Folks, listen to me. This is an amazing verse of Scripture here. He's going about to the synagogues preaching. Okay, well, yeah, he's a preacher. Big deal. we got lots of preachers, George. Yeah, but do you ever have anybody show up and he starts healing everybody? So much so that word gets out. His fame starts to spread. That's what's happening in this passage. The report gets out. His fame starts to spread so that everybody gathers up anybody who's got a problem. And what does it say there? What does Matthew record? He healed them all. His meeting people's deepest needs do do, do you do what i'm saying you know i i I get lost sometimes when i read the scripture in my thinking and not realizing it's only as i get older that you begin to realize what's really going on in this passage and one of the reasons why when you get older it becomes more real to you is because when you get older you have more health issues you know what i mean do your health issues affect you do they affect your day Oh no, George, I just live with the pain and everything goes wonderful. Is that the way it is, folks? No, it 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 becomes, your physical condition becomes the what? The deepest thing for you that day, doesn't it? And they came. And he healed them. He didn't turn anybody away. In fact, we, we know from other places in the Gospels that when the, the disciples were ready to turn other people away, Jesus wasn't, was he? Now let's stop for a moment. Let's go back to the point we just talked about. This is the one who's calling you to commitment and change. Do you understand that? This is the one who's calling you To follow him. Here's the second thing I want you to see here about his ministry. People are drawn to him for various reasons. People are drawn to him for various reasons. You know what, folks? You're here for different reasons this morning. You're drawn to Jesus for different reasons, wouldn't you say? Your reason for coming is different than your spouse's reason. What you're seeking from God is different than what your spouse is seeking. What you're seeking from God is different from what the person in the next section is seeking. But we all want one thing. Here's what we have in common. We want Jesus. And we want him to minister to us. And to meet our deepest need. Isn't that true?